Section 7 of Harmonium by Wallace Stevens, read for LibriVox.org by Kevin S. This recording is in the public domain. The Comedian as the Letter C. 1. The World Without Imagination. Nota. Man is the intelligence of his soil, the sovereign ghost, as such the Socrates of snails, musician of pears, principium and lex, said quarator is this same wig of things this nincompated pedagogue perceptor to the sea crispin at sea created in his day a touch of doubt and i most apt in gelatines and jubes berries of villages a barber's eye an island of land of simple salad beds of honest quilts the eye of crispin hung on porpoises instead of apricots and on silentious porpoises whose snouts dimpled in waves that were mustachios, inscrutable hair in an inscrutable world. One eats one pate, even of salt, quotha, it was not so much the lost terrestrial, the snug hibernal from that sea and salt, that century of wind in a single puff, what count it was mythology of self, blotched out beyond unblotching, crispin, the lutinous of fleas, the knave, the thane, the ribbon stick, the bellowing breeches, cloak of china cap of spain imperative haw of hum inquisitorial botanist and general lexicographer of mute and maidenly greenhorns now beheld himself a skinny sailor peering in the sea-glass what words split up in clickering syllables and storming under multitudinous tones was named for the shortshanks and all that brunt crispin was washed away by magnitude the whole of life that still remained in him dwindled to one sound strumming in his ear obsequious concussion slap and sigh polyphony beyond his batten's thrust could crispin stem verboseness in the sea the old age of watery realist triton dissolved in shifting diaphanes of blue and green a wordy watery age that whispered to the sun's compassion made a convocation nightly of the sea stairs and on the clopping footways of the moon lay groveling triton implicate with that which made him triton nothing left of him except in faint memorial gesturings that were like arms and shoulders in the waves here something in the rise and the fall of the wind that seemed hallucinating horn and here a sunken voice both of remembering and of forgetfulness an alternate strain just so an ancient crispin was dissolved the valet and the tempest sea was annulled bordeaux to yucatan Havana next, and then to Carolina. Simple jaunt, crispin, merest minuscule in the gales, dejected his manner to the turbulence. The salt hung on his spirit like a frost. The dead brine melted in him like a dew of winter, until nothing of himself remained except some starker, barer self in a starker, barer world in which the sun was not the sun, because it never shone with bland complacence on pale parasols, beetled in chapels on the chaste bouquets against his pipping sounds a trumpet cried celestial sneering boisterously crispin became an introspective voyager here was the veritable ding on sick at last crispin confronting it a vocal thing but with a speech belch out of hoary darks norway resembling his a visible thing an accepting negligible triton free from the unavoidable shadow of himself that lay elsewhere around him severance was clear the last distortion of romance forsook the insatiable egotist 
the sea severs not only lands but also selves here was no help before reality crispin beheld and crispin was made new the imagination here could not evade in poems of plumb the strict austerity of one vast subjugating final tone the drenching of stale lives no more fell down what was this gaudy gusty panoply out of what swift destruction did it spring it was comparison of wind and cloud and something given to make whole among the ruses that were shadowed by the large two concerning the thunderstorms of yucatan in yucatan the maya sonneteers of the caribbean amphitheatre in spite of hawk and falcon green toucan and jay still to the night-bird made their plea as if raspberry tanagers and palms high up in orange air were barbarous but crispin was too destitute to find in any commonplace the sought-for aid he was a man made vivid by the sea a man come out of luminous traversing much trumpeted made desperately clear fresh from discoveries of tidal skies to whom auricular rockings gave no rest into a savage colour he went on how greatly had he grown in his domain this auditor of insects he that saw the stride of vanishing autumn in a park by way of decorous melancholy he that wrote his couplet yearly to the spring as dissertation of profound delight stopping on voyage in a land of snakes found his vicissitudes had much enlarged his apprehension made him intricate in moody rocks and difficult and strange in all his desires his destitutions mark he was in this as other firemen are sonorous nutshells rattling inwardly his violence was for aggrandizement and not for stupor such as music makes for sleepers halfway waking he perceived that coolness from his heart came suddenly and only in the fables that he scrawled with his own quill in his indigenous dew of an aesthetic tough diverse untamed incredible to prudes the mint of dirt green barbarism turning paradigm crispin foresaw a curious promenade or nobler sensed an elemental fate and elemental potencies and pangs and beautiful barrenesses as yet unseen making the most of savagery of palms of moonlight on the thick cadaverous bloom that yuccas breed and of the panther's tread the fabulous in its intrinsic verse came like two spirits parleying adorned in radiance from the atlantic coin for crispin and his quilt to catechize but they came parleying of such an earth so thick with sides and jagged lops of green so intertwined with serpent kin and coiled among the purple tufts the scarlet crowns scenting the jungle and their refuges so streaked with yellow blue and green and red and beak and bud and fruity gobbet skins that earth was like a jostling festival of seeds grown fat too juicily opulent expanding in the gold's maternal warmth so much for that the affectionate emigrant found a new reality in parrot squawks yet let that trifle pass now as this odd discoverer walked through the harbour streets inspecting the cabildo the facade of the cathedral making notes he heard a rumbling west of mexico it seemed approaching like a gasconade of drums the white cabildo darkened the facade as sullen as the sky was swallowed up in swift successive shadows dolefully the rumbling broadened as it fell the wind tempestuous clarion with heavy cry came bluntly thundering more terrible than the revenge of music on bassoons gesticulating lightning 
mystical made pallid flitter crispin here took flight an annotator has his scruples too he knelt in the cathedral with the rest this connoisseur of elemental fate aware of exquisite thought the storm was one of many proclamations of the kind proclaiming something harsher than he learned from hearing signboards whimper in cold nights of seeing the midsummer artifice of heat upon his pain this was the span of force the quintessential fact the note of vulcan that a valet seeks to own the thing that makes him envious in phrase and while the torrent on the roof still droned he felt the andean breath his mind was free and more than free elate intent profound and studious of a self-possessing him that was not in him in the crusty town from which he sailed beyond him westward lay the mountain ridges purple balustrades in which the thunder lapsing in its clap let down gigantic quavers of its voice for crispin to vociferate again three approaching carolina the book of moonlight is not written yet nor half begun but when it is leave room for crispin faggot in the lunar fire who in the hubbub of his pilgrimage through sweating changes never could forget that wakefulness or meditating sleep in which the sulky strophes willingly bore up in time these somnolent deep songs leave room therefore in that unwritten book for the legendary moonlight that once burned in crispin's mind above a continent america was always north to him a northern west or western north but north and therefore polar polar purple chilled in length rising and slumping from a sea of hearty foam receding flatly spread in endless ledges glittering submerged in cold and arboreal mistiness of the moon the spring came there in clinking panicles of half-dissolving frost the summer came if ever whist and wet not ripening before the winter's vacancy returned the myrtle if the myrtle ever bloomed was like a glacial pink upon the air the green pole meadows and crepuscular ice clipped frigidly blue-black meridians morose chiriosco gauntly drawn how many poems he denied himself in his observant progress lesser things than the relentless contact he desired how many sea-mass he ignored what sounds he shut out from his tempering ear what thoughts like jades affecting the sequestered bride and what descants he sent to banishment perhaps the arctic moonlight really gave the liaison the beautiful liaison between himself and his environment which was and is chief motive first delight for him and not for him alone it seemed elusive faint more mist than moon perverse wrung as a divagation to peking to him that postulated as his theme the vulgar as his theme in him in flight a passionately niggling nightingale moonlight was an evasion or if not a minor meeting facile delicate thus he conceived his voyaging to be an up and down between two elements a fluctuating between sun and moon a sally into gold and crimson forms as on this voyage out of goblinry and then retirement like a turning back and sinking down to the indulgences that in the moonlight have their habitude but let these backward lapses if they would grind their seductions on him crispin knew it was a flourishing tropic he required for his refreshment an abundant zone prickly and obdurate dense harmonious yet with a harmony not rarefied nor fine for the inhibited instruments of over-civil stops and thus he tossed between a carolina of old time 
a little juvenile and ancient whim and the visible circumspect presentment drawn from what he saw across the vessel's prow he came the poetic hero without palms or jugglery without regalia and as he came he saw that it was spring a time abhorrent to the nihilist or searcher for the fecund minimum the moonlight fiction disappeared the spring although contending featly in its veils irised in dew and early fragrances was gemmy marionette to him that sought a sinewy nakedness a river bore the vessel inward tilting up his nose he inhaled the rancid rosin burly smells of dampened lumber emanations blown from warehouse doors the gustiness of ropes decays of sacks in all the errant stinks that helped him round his rude aesthetic out he savoured rankness like a sensualist he marked the marshy ground around the dock the crawling railroad spur the rotten fence curriculum for the marvellous sophomore it purified it made him see how much of what he saw he never saw at all he gripped more closely the essential prose as being in a world so falsified the one integrity for him the one discovery still possible to make to which all poems were incident unless that prose should wear a poem's guise at last four the idea of a colony nota his soil is man's intelligence that's better that's worth crossing seas to find crispin in one laconic phrase laid bare his cloudy drift and planned a colony exit the mental moonlight exit lex rex and principium exit the whole shebang exunt omnes here was prose more exquisite than any tumbling verse a still new continent in which to dwell what was the purpose of his pilgrimage whatever shape it took in crispin's mind if not when all is said to drive away the shadow of its fellows from the skies and from their stale intelligence released to make a new intelligence prevail hence the reverberations in the words of his first central hymns the celebrants of rankest trivia tests of the strength of his aesthetic his philosophy the more invidious the more desired the rich man going bare the paladin afraid the blind man as astronomer the appointed power unwielded from disdain his western voyage ended and began the torment of fastidious thought grew slack another still more bellicose came on he therefore wrote his prolegomena and being full of the caprice inscribed commingled souvenirs and prophecies he made a singular collation thus the natives of the rain are rainy men although they paint effluent azure lakes and april hillsides wooded white and pink their azure has a cloudy edge their white and pink the water bright that dogwood bears and in their music showering sounds in tone on what strange froth does the gross indian dote what eden sapling gum what honeyed gore what pulpy dram distilled of innocence that streaking gold should speak in him or bask within his images and words if these rude instances impeach themselves by force of rudeness let the principle be plain for application crispin strove abhorring turk as eskimo the lute as the marimba the magnolia as rose upon these premises propounding he projected a colony that should extend to the dusk of a whistling south below the south a comprehensive island hemisphere the man in georgia waking among pines should be pine spokesman the irresponsive man planting his pristine cores in florida should prick thereof 
not of the psaltery but on the banjo's categorical gut tuck tuck while the flamingos flapped his bays sepulchral signors bibbing pale mescal oblivious to the aztec almanacs should make the intricate sierra scan and dark brazilians in their cafes musing immaculate pampian dits should scrawl a vigilant anthology to be their latest lucent paramour these are the broadest instances crispin progenitor of such extensive scope was not indifferent to smart detail the melon should have apposite ritual performed in verd apparel and the peach when its black branches came to bud bell day should have an incantation and again when piled on salvers its aroma steeped the summer it should have a sacrament at celebration shrewd novitiates should be the clerks of our experience these bland excursions into time to come related in romance to backward flights however prodigal however proud contain in their afflatus the reproach that first drove crispin to his wandering he could not be content with counterfeit with masquerade of thought with hapless words that must belie the racking masquerade with fictive flourishes that preordained his passions permit hang of coat degree of buttons measure of his salt such trash might help the blind not him serenely sly and irked beyond his patience hence it was preferring text to gloss he humbly served grotesque apprenticeship to chance event a clown perhaps but an aspiring clown there is a monotonous babbling in our dreams that makes them our dependent heirs the heirs of dreamers buried in our sleep and not the oncoming fantasies of better birth the apprentice knew these dreamers if he dreamed their dreams he did it in a gingerly way all dreams are vexing let them be expunged and let the rabbit run the cock declaim trinket pasticcio flaunting skyey sheets with crispin as the tiptoe cozener no no voracious page on page exact five a nice shady home crispin as hermit pure and capable dwelt in the land perhaps if discontent had kept him still the prickling realist choosing his element from droll confect of was and is and shall or ought to be beyond bordeaux beyond havana far beyond carte yucatan he might have come to colonize his polar planterdom and jig his chits upon a cloudy knee but his emprise to that idea soon sped crispin dealt in the land and dwelling there slid from his continent by slow recess to things within his actual eye alert to the difficulty of rebellious thought when the sky is blue the blue infected will it may be that the yarrow is his field sealed pensive purple under its concern but day by day now this thing and now that confined him while it cosseted condoned little by little as if the suzerain soil abashed him by caroused to humble yet attached it seemed haphazard denouement he first as realist admitted that whoever haunts a matinal continent may after all stop short before a plum and be content and still be realist the words of things entangle and confuse the plum survives its poems it may hang in the sunshine placidly colored by ground obliquities of those who pass beneath harlequined and mazily dewed and mauved and bloom yet it survives in its own form beyond these changes good fat guzzly fruit so crispin hasped on the surviving form for him of shall or ought to be in is 
was he to bravest and profoundest brass anointing his dreams with fugal requiems was he to company vastest things defunct with a blubber of tom-toms harrowing the sky scrawl a tragedian's testament prolong his active force in an inactive dirge which let the tall musicians call and call should merely call him dead pronounce amen through choirs enfolded in the utmost clouds because he built a cabin who once planned loquacious columns by the ructive sea because he turned to salad beds again jovial crispin and calamitous crape should he lay by the personal and make of his own fate an instance of all fate what is one man among so many men what are so many men in such a world can one man think one thing and think it long can one man be one thing and be it long the very man despising honest quilts lies quilted to his pole and his despite for realists what is is what should be and so it came his cabin shuffled up his trees were planted his duenna brought her prismy blonde and clapped her in his hands the curtains flittered and the door was closed crispin magister of a single room latched up the night so deep a sound fell down it was as if the solitude concealed and covered him in his congenial sleep so deep a sound fell down it grew to be a long sooth sang silence down and down the crickets beat their tambours in the wind marching a motionless march custodians in the presto of the morning crispin trod each day still curious but in a round less prickly and much more condign than that he once thought necessary like candide yeoman and grub but with a fig in sight and cream for the fig and silver for the cream a blonde to tip the silver and to taste the rapey gouts good star how that to be annealed them and their cabin ribaldries yet the quotidian saps philosophers and men like crispin like them in intent if not in will to track the knaves of thought but the quotidian composed as his of breakfast ribands fruits laid in their leaves the tom tit and the cassia and the rose although the rose was not the noble thorn of crinoline spread but of a pining sweet composed of evenings like cracked shutters flung upon the rumpling bottomness and nights in which those frail custodians watched indifferent to the tepid summer cold while he poured out upon the lips of her that lay beside him the quotidian like this saps like the sun true fortuner for all it takes it gives a humped return exchequering from piebald fists unkeyed six and daughters with curls portentous annunciation syllable to blessed syllable of fine in sound bubbling felicity and cantaline prolific and tormenting tenderness of music as it comes to unison foregather and bell boldly crispin's last deduction thrum with a proud dosor his grand pronunciamento and devise the chits came for his jiggling blue-eyed hands without touch yet touching poignantly leaving no room upon his cloudy knee prophetic joint with its diviner young the return to social nature once begun anabasis or slump accent ascent or shoot involved him in midwifery so dense his cabin counted as phylactery then place of vexing planakines then haunt of children nibbling at the sugared void infants yet eminently old then dome and halidom for the umbraided themes green crammers of the green fruits of the world 
bitters and biters for its ecstasies true daughters both of crispin and his clay all this with many mulsetings of the man effective colonizer sharply stopped in the dooryard by his own capacious bloom by this bloom grown riper showing nibs of his eventual roundness puerile tents of spiced and weathery rouges should complex the stopper to indulgent fatalist was unforeseen first crispin smiled upon his goldenest demoiselle inhabitant she seemed of a country of the capuchin so delicately blushed so humbly eyed attentive to a coronal of things secret and singular second upon a second similar counterpart a maid most sisterly to the first not yet awake excepting to the motherly footstep but marvelling sometimes at the shaken sleep then third a thing still flaxen in the light a creeper under jaunty leaves and fourth mere blusteriness that gewgaws jollified all din and gobble blasphemously pink a few years more and the vermile capuchin gave to the cabin lordlier than it was the dulcet omen fit for such a house the second sister dallying was shy to fetch the one full pinioned one himself out of her botches hot embosomer the third one gaping at the orioles led her to self demurely as became a pearly poetess piqued for rhapsody the fourth pent now a digit curious four daughters in a world too intricate in the beginning four blithe instruments of differing struts four voices several in couch four more persona intimate as buffalo yet divers four mirrors blue that should be silver four accustomed seeds hinting incredible hues four selfsame lights that spread chromatics and hilarious dark four questioners and four sure answerers crispin concocted doctrine from the rout the world a turnip once so readily plucked sacked up and carried overseas daubed out of its ancient purple pruned to the fertile main and sown again by the stiffest realist came reproduced in purple family font the same insoluble lump the fatalist stepped in and dropped the chuckling down his craw without grace or grumble score this anecdote invented for its pith not doctrinal in form though in design as crispin willed disguise pronunciamento summary autumn's compendium strident in itself but muted mused and perfectly resolved in those portentous accents syllables and sounds of music coming to accord upon his law like their inherent sphere seraphic proclamations of the pure delivered with a deluging onwardness or if the music sticks if the anecdote is false if crispin is a profitless philosopher beginning with green brag concluding fatedly if as a man prone to distemper he abates in taste fickle and fumbling variable obscure glozing his life with after-shining flicks illuminating from a fancy gorged by apparition plain and common things sequestering the fluster from the year making gulped potions from obstreperous drops and so distorting proving what he proves is nothing what can this matter since the relation comes benignly to its end so may the relation of each man be clipped end of section seven